what a, what a thrill. What a thrill to see people baptized. I'm just so excited about what God's doing in this church and in the lives of these people. Um, today we end the series on help, uh, sign up to serve. And I just want to say that I've been really excited about the numbers of people who have actually signed up and have expressed an interest in going to that next level in their spiritual life. Some have actually done some real, you know, really intensive reflection and have asked themselves a question. Am I serving right now where God wants me to serve? Uh, Is there a place where I could serve more effectively? Is there something that I could do that best suits my spiritual gifts, that best suits my personality, that best suits my experience in life, that best suits the training that I've had? So my, uh, my... prayer for everyone here today, um, everyone in our church, is that each one will find his place or her place of service. And, you know, here's the thing that I've discovered about, about people, and I think probably everybody here would be able to, to agree with this and would be able to tell your stories. But there really are two kinds of people in this world. There are the takers and the givers. Would you agree with that? There's some people, when they call, you know they're calling because they want something. And there's others, when they call, you know they're calling because they want to give something. I wonder what kind of person you are. I can tell you this, that those who are serious about following Jesus Christ, those who are serious about being like Christ, then you will be a giver. That'll be your first ambition, your first desire, your first inclination. You, well, you want to figure out a way that you can serve and bless other people. This is what it means to be a Christian. Now, I want you to look at this verse. Uh, Paul wrote a letter to the church in the city of Corinth. And here's what he said. He said, each of us, read this with me. Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. Now, I want you to know today that each and every one of you has a very critical part to play in the body of Christ. I want this to sink in. Because this is the supernaturality of the body of Christ. This is what makes the body of Christ so very special. We talk about the supernaturalness of, of God, of Jesus Christ. But we often forget about his church. And you need to know today that the church of Jesus Christ is God's way of reaching this world. It's through the church of Jesus Christ that God wants to bring light to this dark and broken and hurting world. Did you know that today? And so I want you to, to understand something today. The church is utterly and completely important. Not that long ago, there was a young man that did a, a, a video clip, and he posted it on YouTube, and it immediately went viral. I think some 12,000, maybe 20, 20 million, pardon me, 12 or 20 million people have actually viewed the video clip. And basically, the young man, whose intentions I'm sure are very good, what he's doing is he's actually downplaying the importance of the church. He says, I want Jesus, but I don't want the religion. I don't want the institution. I don't want... I don't want the religiosity. I, I, I love Christ. I love being a follower of Jesus Christ, but I'm not too keen on the church. Well, I've got to just let you in on a secret here this morning. 
you've got to get this. It's critical that you understand this. Anybody who's read the New Testament has got to come to the conclusion that the church is Christ's beloved, and it's through the church that God's will is accomplished in this world. It's never accomplished outside of the church. Do you get that this morning? And who is the church? That person sitting beside you. You and that person are the church. I'm the church. Just take a quick look around here. You are looking today at the church. It's not the building, by the way. It's the people. And a lot of people have that wrong idea. They've got wrong con- a wrong concept, a wrong idea of what the church is. The church is a collection of God's people. People who have been baptized... People who put their faith in Jesus Christ, people who say, Jesus, I want to serve you all the days of my life. Now, what happens, my friends, when you do not function in the capacity that God has called you to function in? I'll tell you what happens. It causes our church to suffer. Our church hurts. In fact, it undermines the integrity of this church. Back in August 2007, some of you will remember this, the bridge in Minneapolis that spans the Mississippi River, it all of a sudden collapsed during rush hour. Now, this is a bridge that regularly uh, carries about 140,000 vehicles every day. And out of the blue, it just collapsed. And 13 people were killed and 145 people were injured. What happened? In August... 2012 in China, a new $300 million eight-lane suspension bridge in Harbin collapsed, sending four trucks tumbling into the river and leaving three dead. In 2009, a nearly completed building in Shanghai toppled over like a domino. Literally, it was standing like this and it just fell down. The UK's Telegraph reported that without, within months of opening last year, the $210 million Yangsu Opera House began to shed its glass window panels and develop large cracks in its ceiling. What's happening here? Why do bridges collapse? Why do buildings collapse? Why do buildings fall over? I'll tell you why. Because there's an integrity problem. There's a, there's a problem with the structure. These structures collapse because they were missing key parts that affected their wholeness, their integrity. Now, I want you to stop and let the Spirit of God speak to you this morning, because here's what God is saying. As long as you refuse to be involved, as long as you refuse to serve the church, as long as you refuse to sign up to serve, you are actually undermining the integrity of this body. You stop, stop and think about that, because this is a spiritual uh, truth that you need to get. You need to let this truth hit you hard. Because a lot of people see church as a place where you just show up and you, uh, you, know, you get what you need at this church and maybe show up at a different church and get what you need over there and then show up at another church and get what you need over there. Folks, I want to tell you something. That has more to do with North American consumer mentality than it has to do with anything in the Scripture. Your job and my job is to sign up to serve in the body of Christ. To say, Jesus, what is it that you would have me to do? And so I'd ask you that question today. What is it that Jesus would have you to do? What is it that you are not doing that you could be doing? Let me tell you this. Where there's a lack of integrity, lack of wholeness, it's just a matter of time before disintegration begins to happen. There are churches dying all over the place. Why? 
Because the people in its body, the people in its church, are not showing up to serve, not showing up to do its job. Now, I want you to stop and look at this verse now. Um, Look at the very first words. In fact, why don't you read that with me? Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. Read it again. Each of us is a part of the one body of Christ. Now, say this with me. I am. Ready? I am a part of the one body of Christ. Say it one more time. Okay, now let the Spirit of God again speak to you and drive that truth home. You are a part of the body of Christ. And the Bible is clear that you have a part to play in the body of Christ. The question again for you is, what is it that you are doing? Here's what I know for sure. Each person who says, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, each one who says, I'm a Christian, is an integral part of the body. Remember we talked about the word integrity. This is where we get the word integral. Or where we get the word integrity is from integral. The word integrity simply means what? Whole. It means to be whole. Now, where there's a lack of wholeness, uh, there's a lack of integrity. And it's then that you begin to see disintegration. Remember, the word disintegrate comes from the word, again, integrate. But now we are pulling it apart. Now again, let the Spirit of God speak to your heart. Because if you are not showing up to do your part in the body of Christ, then you are contributing to the disintegration of the church. God wants you to find your place as an integral part in the body of Christ. But if you don't find your place, then you are contributing to the disintegration of the body of Christ. So I want to ask you a question today. Another question. Are you contributing to the wholeness, to the integrity of the church? Are you contributing to the disintegration of the body of Christ? And here's what I know for sure, is that every one of us, someday, is going to stand before Jesus Christ, and we are going to give an account. You see, Pastor John, I didn't want to come to church and get scared this morning. Can't you just say happy thoughts, speak happy words? Look, I'm going to tell you what's going to really make you happy is if you get involved. If you start doing the thing that God has called you to do. When I was younger, I used to fix my own car. Can you believe it? I don't anymore. I don't even fix a flat tire. (laughs) Well, I I did when I was younger. And uh, I remember one day shopping at Canadian Tire and just getting all kinds of parts. And it was it kind of gets exciting because, uh, I mean, Hank will be able to relate to this, because you don't just buy the stuff you need, but then you start buying stuff that you don't really need, but you could actually use on your car, you know, like a, like a spoiler in the back maybe, or maybe uh, mud flaps. You know, you don't really need them, but it's fun to have them. And, and uh, maybe a cup holder. Remember the days when cars did not come with cup holders? Uh, I had several of them, one for each of my passengers. I was a very, very considerate man, <laughs> very polite and considerate. Coffee cup holders for all. <laughs> Wonderful. I remember uh, one day thinking to myself, what, would it ever be neat, the speaking of car parts, and then thinking of parts of the body of Christ, wouldn't it be neat if you could go to a shop and, and get the parts of the body you're missing? You could, there's a shop somewhere where you could go and get church members that you were short of. Okay, so 
There are no parts departments, folks. There's no place that I can go and get church, church parts or church members. But I can tell you this. Is the Holy Spirit takes care of that. Because here's what I know. Jesus said himself, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. So here's what I know. Is that everything that cross church needs. And everyone that cross church needs is already here. Isn't that amazing? I don't need to go scavenge members and people from other churches because God has given me those people right here. The only thing is, is that they got to sign up to serve. They've got to come and sign up and say, Pastor Allen, I'm ready to do what God wants me to do. I'm willing to do the thing that God's called me to do. Now, Paul tells us that all of us together make up one body, so we don't need parts from other places. These people who were baptized today, the Bible's clear. I want everybody to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today. When you're sitting at home after you've, you've you know, pigged out on your roast beef and, or your barbecued steaks, whatever, get your Bible out and, and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because those who are baptized today were actually baptized into the body of Christ. And they, as members of the body of Christ, now have special work to do. So here's what I know for sure. Emilio Romani and John Romani and Sarah Sharp all have parts to play in this body. They will all sign up for service, right? And everybody will be watching, right, to make sure that they've signed up for service. This is the beauty of a baptismal service. You have to serve now or you will be shamed into it. I'm just kidding. Here, You know, when I, when I uh, was a boy... A major shift happened in our family. Uh, after our whole family was baptized, and that was in those days in the old Calvary Temple, which is no longer in existence, uh, except for the tower at the corner of Cumberland and, where is it, Hargrave and Cumberland. Uh, our, church, our whole family was baptized, and right after that, we all began to serve. It was amazing. Um, my mother taught Sunday school, and she apprenticed me. She taught me how to teach Sunday school. Uh, I think my mother was probably the, the best Sunday school teacher I have ever seen in action. Uh, she's the only one that, I mean, I, she's the only one I've ever worked with like that before, but uh, she, was, she was brilliant. And she taught me how to be a brilliant teacher as well. Um, my dad became a stockade leader, the program for young boys at Calvary Temple. My mother became a crusader leader. And we, she used to bring a, a, a van load of kids to church all the time. In fact, do you know what? We were bringing so many kids to church that my, this is the days you could do this. My mom would get us before she left the house on Wednesday night. She'd get us to get a couple of pails and some planks <laughs> in the back of our, our, <laughs> of our van so that all the girls could sit on that plank on two pails, and then we'd line the other side of the van. It was unbelievable. We just stuffed them in there. And I think Mom had like 20 or 21 kids in the back of that van, but getting them to church. It's unbelievable. Uh, there's a joke there, but we won't go there. Um, my mom was so compelled to get those kids to church that she actually went and got her bus driver's license so she could actually drive the bus. And she got her bus driver's license and then started bringing those girls from the North End to church every Wednesday night. We began to serve. And uh, that's what I grew up watching. My, uh, 
my dad began to serve at the camp, asked Pastor Barber, I'm a plumber, where can I serve? He said, well, <laughs> glad you asked, uh, we need water. You know, for the big camp, they used to get a great big, a great big vat and f- go to a well nearby and fill it with water and service the whole camp. And my dad stepped in there with his plumbing skills and he set up the, uh, the purifying, the purifier, and we were able to then start getting water right out of the lake, purify it, and everybody was just amazed at we were, what we were able to do now. Because somebody said, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to use the gifts that God has given me. I'm telling you today, everything and everybody we need is already here in this church. The question is this, is will you sign up to serve? Will you say, here am I, I'm ready to do what God wants me to do. Now some of you, I said earlier, are doing things that are very good and you're good at it. But you know deep down in your heart, it's really not, it's, you, there's, there's greater things you could be doing. So, look, I'm not looking for a mass uh, resignation from people to go to do other things. But I'm going to say this to you. You need to take seriously God's call on your life to sign up to do what you have been gifted to do. Some Christians think it's okay not to serve. But listen to this. Paul says to young Timothy, his mentor E, in 2 Timothy 1.9. Listen. It is God who saved us and chose us for his holy work. Not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan long before the world began. Do you want to know something? Before you were born, God had a special plan for your life, a special work that he wants you to do. Do you want to know why people are, are, there's a lot of unhappy people in this world? It, I'll tell you why. It's because they're not doing the special work God designed for them to do before they were born. Are you doing what God wants you to do? Some people think, all I did is just come to church on Sunday, put a few bucks in the offering plate, and everything's cool. Okay, you know what? I'm, that's a good start, but it's just the start. You were created, according to the scripture, to do a very special and holy work. You've been saved to serve. Would you say that with me? I was saved to serve. I was... Say it again. So you have a very special part. You are a part of the body of Christ. You're, you're one of the parts. And I don't know what, what part you are, and I hope that that you'll begin to think about that. Are you an eye? Are you a hand? Are you a head? Are you a foot? What are you? In Dhaka, just a few weeks ago, an elite paramilitary unit in Bangladesh apprehended the fugitive owner of a building that collapsed on April 24th. As the death toll reaches 1,127 people, Sohel Rana, who had been in hiding since his Rana Plaza building collapsed on Wednesday, was about to flee the country through the Benapol border crossing. What happened? It was an integrity problem. That building was missing parts and pieces. It was unsafe. Do you understand today when you do not show up to do the thing that you are needed to do, we all suffer? 
Because that building was missing parts and pieces, over 1,100 people lost their lives. Now, I'll let the Spirit of God speak to your heart once again. How many people in this dark and broken and hurting world are dying in darkness without hope because you refused to sign up to serve? This is why we've got groups going to Costa Rica. This is why we've got people going to, to Burundi. Yesterday, I was meeting with a dental team that's going over to Kitway uh, just in a few weeks. And they wanted to tell us about their work because they want our church to be part of that very special work. We do everything we can here to give you opportunity to serve. Now, look, you don't have to go to Burundi. You don't have to go to, uh, to Costa Rica. But you could sign up to help us with our DVBS this summer. You could sign up to help in Kids Club this fall. You could help us with cleaning the building and doing the construction around here. You could help us in so, so many ways by using the special gifts and abilities that you have. You see, when you don't show up to serve, when you don't do the thing that you are needed for, uh, we all suffer. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. I know some of you here today are thinking, man, I'm not needed around here. I wouldn't be missed if I didn't show up. Someone else could do my job. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Here's what makes me believe in a devil. Here's what makes me believe that there is a devil. Because a devil somehow can get into your head and make you believe something opposite to what the Word of God tells you. Some people may be here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, man, I wouldn't be missed if I wasn't here. I'm going to tell you something. You are missed. You know our church is growing and some people wonder, you know, Pastor Allen, would he even miss me if I didn't show up? I'm going to tell you, I miss you. When you're not there, I, I noticed an empty chair. But more importantly than that, the body suffers. This church hurts when you're not doing what God has called you to do. The Bible is clear that each of us has some special part to perform in the body. Now, I know that everybody here today would like to see and experience the supernatural in your life. I know everybody here loves the idea that somehow God would show up and that somehow, some way, we could experience the supernatural in our church and in our personal lives. Okay, so here's what you need to know. You don't need to go see the evangelist down at the convention center or at the Playhouse Theater or whatever. You don't need to go anywhere. All you need to do is come to church and watch God's people obediently show up for service. Obedient not to me, obedient to Jesus Christ. And you're going to see the supernatural at work in a way that you've never seen it before. You want to see something miraculous? We've got a collection of people here from all over the place who come together as one body and say, I'm prepared and willing to serve these people whom I will now call my family without a paycheck, but just because I want to be obedient to Jesus Christ. Folks, this is one of the most supernatural and mysterious things that I've ever known in my 30 years of ministry. It's a total mystery to me. 
last year when I had an opportunity to go to the Philippines with the Davis, got to know them. Like they're like family to me now. They're like family to me. We served side by side. They weren't getting a paycheck to do that, and I wasn't getting a paycheck to do that. They, were, they paid to go over to serve in Manila and in the Philippines, and I paid to go and do that so, what, so that together we could glorify God. I want to tell you, because of the work that we did, many, many lives were touched, and many people came to, to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because we showed up to serve. I'm going to tell you this. I don't know if I've told you this, but I was a little nervous about going over to the Philippines. I'd never been there before. Different culture, different way of doing things. And they told me, oh, you've got, like, I've got to preach about 25 times. I don't know how many times I couldn't even keep track anymore. I think that by the end of it, I think that uh, Boyette could have preached my sermons for me. <laughs> we traveled all over, speaking, sharing the love of Christ, and leading people to Jesus. It's a mystery it's a glorious mystery when God's people, who have been gifted by God to serve him, it's, it's a glorious thing to watch when people sign up to serve and say, I'm willing to do whatever God wants me to do. What are you willing to do? Oh, pastor, I don't have time for that now. It's the younger generation's job. I'm not old enough to do that. Wait till my kids have grown up. You know, I've heard all the excuses. When people set up to serve in the midst of the busyness of life, and it personally costs them money to do this work, then I know something very mysterious and very wonderful is happening. And I'm going to tell you this today. That if you don't sign up to serve in the body of Christ, then you have an incomplete Christianity. You'll never be happy. Here's what I know you'll be doing. You'll be going around from church to church trying to find happiness. But I'm going to tell you, the only thing that's going to bring happiness to your heart and to your life is if you sign up to say, how can I serve? And folks, it's not my idea. It's God's idea. Listen to this from 1 Corinthians 12. There are different kinds of service to God, but it is the same Lord we are serving. The Holy Spirit displays God's power through each of us as a means of helping the entire church. All of you together are the one body of Christ, and each of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Something very mysterious happens when the body of Christ comes together. It's very supernatural, very holy, very special when people come together to sign up to come and do ushering. People sign up to come and greet people. Open the doors so people can get into the church. Show up on a, give up their Saturday after Saturday after Saturday to come and build the building. It's, it's supernatural. It's spiritual. It's holy. Is it glamorous? No, not, not usually. And that's what's wrong with North American Christianity. If it, if it ain't glamorous, you know, I don't want anything. I don't want any part of it. It's got to be glamorous. It's got to be got to be bells and whistles and trumpets. But the early church was known for its people signing up to serve and saying, where can I help? In Galatians 1.15, it says, God, in his grace, chose me before I was born and called me to serve him. You want to know something? Everybody who calls himself a believer today 
Before you were born, you were called to serve God. Now, I, I can guess this, that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you probably already know your spiritual gift. And if you don't know your spiritual gift, then you need to start searching the Scripture to discover what it is. You say, Pastor Alan, what are spiritual gifts? Well, let me just read to you a few of them. There's leadership, giving. Some people have a special grace of giving. Giving way above and beyond their tithe. They're, that they have a special gift for that. God blesses them so that they can be givers. There's some people have a gift of mercy. Some of service. Some of teaching. Some of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. Some of the gift of preaching and teaching. Administration, discernment, faith, healing, helps, knowledge. Wisdom, some of the gift of poverty. Yeah, that's right. Going without. Some of the gift of celibacy, hospitality, martyrdom, missionary. Anybody want to sign up to be a martyr? To go and die? I can tell you, when I was a youth pastor with my youth my youth group, I tell you, those kids are so on fire for God. If I had said, well, we're going we're gonna to go and, and, and lay down our lives for Jesus, would anybody like to come? I'm telling you, most of them would have come to sign up and say, where can I die? Where can I die for Jesus? I'm going to tell you, that's supernatural. That's supernatural. That's a mystery to me. And people sign up to serve. They don't get a paycheck for it, but they come and they say, how can I, how can I lay down my life for Christ's sake? So I want to ask you today, what's your gift? What's God called you to do? You know, I want to close with this. When I was a boy, my, my, uh, my mother made sure that I got to Stockades, a boys program at Calvary Temple. And my leader, his name is Alec McNeil. He wasn't, he wasn't a young, cool dude, didn't dress cool. He was a grandpa. He's retired but he still felt he had a bit of life left in him. And so when the call came to sign up to serve, he said, yeah, I could, I could help with boys. I'd be glad to do that. Alec McNeil even smelled like an old man. He loved me and cared about me so much that it was because of his love and because of his gentle prompting and his gentle leading that God birthed in my heart a real zeal for God and for his word. And because of Alec, McNeil, Alec McNeil's uh, gentle prodding, I began to memorize scripture, and, and I still remember all those verses that I learned as a, as a, a boy in stockades. And it wasn't, wasn't a hero, it wasn't a well-known man, I think, I don't know if anybody today would even know or recognize the name, but I do. Because an older gentleman who understood that God had called him to serve was willing to sign up and say, how can I serve? What can I do? And I'm going to tell you, because he did that, something very supernatural began to happen. And boys in his care began to give their hearts to Jesus. And I was one of them. I was one of them. My uncle was a missionary to Africa. My aunt and uncle were missionaries. They weren't the ones that led me to Jesus. It was Alec McNeil who said, how can I serve? I don't need a paycheck. I don't want a paycheck. All I want to do is I want to come and I want to make a difference in somebody's life. And he made a difference in mine. 
And someday, when we stand before Jesus Christ, Jesus is going to say to Alec McNeil, So, Alec, what did you do with the gifts that I gave you? And Alec is going to do this. There, there's Alan Duncalf. I help him come to know you as his Lord and Savior. And together, I believe Alec McNeil and myself will kneel before Jesus Christ and will give God glory because of the gifts that he gave Alec, because of the faithfulness of Alec McNeil. What's going to happen before Jesus Christ when you stand before him? Because you will give an account to God for what you did or didn't do. And I'm going to be up there with you, standing before Jesus, and I'm going to be looking out of the corner of my eye, and I'm going to be saying, see, I told you that this was going to happen. And so you are without an excuse this morning. Let the Spirit of God speak to your heart, and would you ask the Spirit of God to show you what it is that he wants you to do? I plead with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my captain, my Lord, my King, my Savior, I plead with you to do whatever it is that God wants you to do. It's, it's not okay to sit and do nothing. It's not okay. You want to know the supernatural at work in your life? You want to start seeing your prayers answered again? You want to see, see God do amazing things in your family? Sign up to serve and watch what God will do. Because my parents set the example for us in serving, all my family, they, all of us, and now, now my parents' grandchildren, we're all serving. We all serve. It's part of what we do. It's part of how we live. It's part of our value system. Nicholas, Jesse, Sarah, they all serve. They serve on Sundays. They serve on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday nights. They serve Friday. We serve wherever there's a need. Three generations later. What is it that God wants you to do? Would you stand with me, please? Father, thank you so much for the body of Christ. Thank you, God, for the privilege that you've given to me to serve this body. God, my job, my gift is to equip your people, to teach them, to preach, and to make it possible for them to sign up to serve. And this is why we have tables in the back where people can actually sign up and say, what can I do? God, I pray right now that we would just see a a volunteer revolution. We pray, God, that we would see a whole army of people who would say, how can I serve? What can I do? And that, God, together our church would make a difference in this world. Father, the integrity of this church depends upon each of its members, each of its parts doing its job. God, I pray that you impress it on the hearts of each one that we need each one here today. And so, Father, thank you for the privilege of being in your service. God, for those who do not yet know what their spiritual gifts are, I pray, God, that this would be the beginning of a new quest to know what it is that you'd have them to do. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Everyone said it with me? Please don't move for a moment. I wanted to say this to you. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, there are tests that we can administer so we can help you find what your spiritual gift is. Before you leave here today, we've got people standing at the table. I'm going to ask my elders to make sure you're at that table. But you go to them and give them your name. Tell them, I want to, I want to have a gifts test. I want to know what it is.
that God has especially gifted me to do. But I can, I can pretty much guarantee that if you've been following Christ for any amount of time and you've been serious about it, you probably have a pretty good idea what it is. Our job is to help you find that place of service. So before you go from here today, I really want you to think seriously about allowing the supernatural work of the Spirit of God in your life by signing up to serve in some special way. Because we need you. We really need you. You're part of this body. And we suffer when you don't show up to serve. God, go with you. Tell the person beside you, are you serving? 